0: Hello and welcome to the Glide TV Recaps, The Golden Girls. Today we are on Season 2, Episode 20, Whose Face Is This Anyway? This episode originally aired on February 28th of 1987. So what other interesting historical events occurred on February the 28th? Well, in 202 BCE, the coronation ceremony of Lubang, as Emperor Gaozu of Han takes place, initiating four centuries of the Han Dynasty's rule over China. In 1759, Pope Clement XIII allows the Bible to be translated into various languages other than Latin. In 1933, the first female in the United States Cabinet, Frances Perkins, is appointed Secretary of Labor. Also 1933-33, two major events leading to World War II as German President Paul von Hindenburg abolishes free expression of opinion and Adolf Hitler bans the German Communist Party. In 1940, the first televised game of basketball, uh, the University of Pittsburgh defeats Fordham University 50-37. In 1947, the beginning of the White Terror, as Chinese President Chiang Kai-shek violently puts down an anti-government uprising in Taiwan, killing somewhere between 18 and 28,000 people. In 1953, Francis Crick and James Watson discover the double helix chemical structure of DNA. In 1967, Wilt Chamberlain sets an NBA record by making 35 consecutive field goal attempts in 19, I assume in the same game. Uh, In 1982, AT&T reports a record-setting $7 billion loss for the fiscal year. In 1983, the series finale of MASH airs to a record 125 million viewers, a record which will never, ever be broken by any non sporting event broadcast. In 1993, a gun battle erupts at the Branch Davidian compound in Waco, Texas, after an attempted raid by the FBI. In 1997, people buying cigarettes in the United States are now forced to provide photo identification, proving that they are over 18 years of age. Yes, you heard that right. It took until 1997 for that, yep. Uh, in 1998, Marc Messier becomes the fifth NHL player to record 1,600 career points. In 2013, the brains of two rats are successfully connected so that they could share information In our most recent event, on February 28th of 2019, the lost Caravaggio painting Judith and Holofernes, painted sometime around 1607, is announced as having been rediscovered in an attic in Toulouse in 2014 and is auctioned off for a sum of $171 U.S. dollars. That is our history lesson for today. So what happened in this enthralling installment of the Golden Girls? Better go to the attic and check to see if we have any paintings (laughs) up there. If we have any Caravaggios up there. (laughs) Yeah, there
1: you go. Okay, we start this episode in the living room. And we see Dorothy going around the room spraying water into all the plants. Wow. She turns around once and almost runs over Rose, who is filming through a movie camera. Yes. Rose is getting a close-up of Dorothy's face. We learn that Rose is making a video for her class at the junior college. Dorothy doesn't want to be in the video. As she says, she always comes out looking like Fess Parker. Sophia comes in the front door, and Rose asks her if she would like to star in the video. Sophia asks if there are any nude love scenes involved. Uh, Well, of course there isn't, but if there was, Sophia would be glad to do it. Uh, Sophia even says Dorothy looks like Fess Parker in heels. Blanche then enters the front door, and Rose asks Blanche how she feels about performing in front of a video camera, and Blanche thinks a second or two and says, it is okay as long as you've had at least three dates. Rose explains it is for her video class, and her final project is titled A Day in the Life Of my roommates." So Blanche agrees. Rose will shoot around Dorothy, but Dorothy finally decides she'll do it. Just don't shoot from too low, because Stan used to do that in their home movies and she always looked like someone from another planet. Alright, Blanche just got an invitation. She just opened it. It's an invitation to the reunion of her college sorority, the Alpha Gams. Yes. Rose says she was in a a sorority when she was in college. The Alpha Yams. It was an agricultural college, you understand. Blanche can't wait to see her sorority sisters. Blanche thinks the others have had their looks get terrible, while hers is still top of the line. She can't wait to rub their noses in it. Well, that sounds like Blanche. Blanche leaves to her bedroom. We learn that Dorothy was blackballed from sororities. Rose says any girl could join her sorority as long as they could castrate a sheep. Uh, Sophia finally speaks up and says there was a service organization in Sicily with similar requirements, except that instead of castrating a sheep, it usually involved a mare from a neighboring town. And Sophia says some of Italy's finest sopranos. Were former mayors, yes. Next scene, we see Dorothy coming down the bedroom hallway into what appears to be an empty living room. She says, hi, Rose, and see, and we see that Rose was hiding behind the couch. Uh, you know, obviously, that was a good place to hide from the audience, you know, us, but not really such a good spot to hide in this instance. Uh, in front of the couch might have been a bit better. Dorothy is supposed to pretend that Rose is not there. But Dorothy says that ever since Rose filmed her naked, giving herself a pedicure, she is too aware of where Rose is at. Uh, They go into the kitchen where Sophia is, and she greets Dorothy very weirdly. Then she asks Rose if she got all that. Uh, Dorothy asks Sophia why is she dressed like someone that has just escaped from It's a Small World, and Sophia has made Dorothy's favorite breakfast. Lasagna in meat sauce? Sophia is trying to sell the recipe through Rose's video. Dorothy wants the camera to stop. Rose does agree to stop filming since the actor is big and mad. Dorothy wants to know what Sophia is doing. She is trying to get exposure through Rose's video. Oh, all the great Italian chefs had it. Mama Celeste. Chef Boyardee. Chef Balducci. Uh, Rose says she doesn't remember any Chef Balduki, and Sophia says that is right. He didn't have television exposure. It was indecent exposure. Ah, Sophia leaves through the swinging door, and Blanche enters through the laundry room door. Blanche has apparently been to her reunion already and decided to come home early. You get your invitation in the mail, and you're already gone and back. Huh. Blanche has apparently... Oh, Blanche has apparently been to her... Re, I'm going to say that four or five times here. Uh, she cuts herself a slice of the lasagna, but takes the big pan to the table and leaves the little slice on the stove. She says nothing is wrong. Dorothy says as long as there's nothing bothering her, why don't they defrost a loin of pork so Blanche can scoop up all the sauce? Oh, uh, Blanche is upset. Seeing her sorority sisters was just dreadful. Blanche says it was like time had stood still for 30 years. Every woman looked wonderful and hardly aged at all. Rose says she saw a movie like that once. All the women were sucked up into flying saucers, and mechanical doubles were sent back to Earth to take their place. Rose wants to know from Blanche if any of them mentioned a leader named Zardos. Blanche is exasperated. She says they all had facelifts and they all looked absolutely gorgeous. It was the most disgusting spectacle she has ever witnessed in her life. Blanche is upset because she was not the center of attention and nobody said she was the prettiest. Dorothy doesn't understand why it is such a big deal. Blanche explains that Dorothy just wouldn't understand the trauma A gorgeous woman goes through when she realizes her beauty is starting to fade. Dorothy wonders who Blanche sees when she looks at Dorothy. Joe Pepitone? Uh, Blanche says that people are now cuter than she is. Her life is over. Rose says she could get a facelift, but Blanche says that surgery scares her to death. It is out of the question. Dorothy says she'll just have to go on like the rest of them. And Blanche in her nice way says she just couldn't go on if she had to look like those two. Meaning Dorothy and Rose, of course. Another day, we're back in the kitchen. Dorothy is at the window and Sophia comes in through the swinging door. Dorothy asks Sophia if she would like some tea. And Sophia says she is cutting back and it stains her dentures. Last night she had to soak them in Ajax. So Dorothy asks, Milk... And now it upsets her stomach. Orange juice? Ah, too acidic. Is there anything Dorothy can get her? Well, yes, a cup of tea would be nice. All righty. Rose enters through the swinging door and says the rough cut of her documentary is done. She wants them all to see it. But Blanche is in her room crying, just like she has been for the past two days. They discuss Blanche and her looks and how important they are to Blanche. Sophia says being vain can be a terrible thing. She used to be pretty vain herself. She wasn't born with white hair and a butt like Play-Doh. When Sophia was a teenager, she was gorgeous. Eyes as deep and black as ripe olives. Skin as smooth and creamy as fresh butter. Her flaming red hair like a rich marinara sauce. She could have her pick of the town's most eligible goat farmers. Well, that was until Anna Maria Alonzo Palladino, known to her friends as Muffin, moved to the village. Suddenly, all the men were after Muffin, not Sophia. The village was poor. Nah, yeah, it was so poor it did not collect Fabergé eggs. Nah, Sophia was too vain to be the second most beautiful girl in the village. So she went to Muffin and told her how she felt. That was when Sophia found out that Muffin was even more beautiful inside. She offered to move to the neighboring village and Sophia even helped her pack. But it all backfired in her face because the next day, all the good looking men followed Muffin. That's how Sophia ended up with Dorothy's father. Blanche enters. She says she has been acting foolish about this whole thing. She guesses she still looks pretty good. She says she will try to be a little more modest in the future, but she is still terrific. Rose wants them to see her movie. They head out to the living room, and Rose says it would be better on a bigger TV. Oh, and with music, etc. Dorothy is tired of listening to this already and says it would be better with Shelley Hack. Just turn it on. And Rose does. Uh, You know, we don't really see the video, but we do get some commentary from the girls. Rose says it is Sophia walking into the kitchen. Sophia says she didn't know Fess Parker was in the movie. And Dorothy says that Sophia is stealing money from her purse. Ah, uh, Sophia says, nah, I was just checking to see if she had the exact change for the bus. Now she is stealing. But Blanche says, is that me? She looks awful. Rose says it is her fault. It is out of focus. But Blanche says she looks old, she looks decrepit, she looks ancient, she looks shriveled up and wrinkled like a prune. Wow. Well, Sophia says it could be worse. She could look like Fess Parker. Well, this Fess Parker dude must look terrible. Blanche gets up and tells Rose to turn it off right now. They try to calm Blanche down. She says the camera does not lie. Her stunningly good looks are fading. And that leaves her with just one choice. She is going to be pretty. She is going to be gorgeous. She is going to have a tummy tuck and her butt firmed and her breast raised and her face lifted. And Blanche leaves. Sophia remarks it is a shame to do all that, but keep that hairdo. (laughs) So next scene, we're in the kitchen again. Rose enters through the swinging door and Blanche, sitting at the table, asks her what she thinks of Cheryl Teague's nose. Rose says it's kind of small and Grandpa Nylon used to say, The air is free. Have a big honker and suck up as much as you can. Uh, Blanche says she likes the nose and that she's going to get it. Dorothy comes through the swinging door and asks, what is she getting? Yes, Blanche says she is picking out the kind of face to show the plastic surgeon. She wants Linda Evans' eyes, Lena Horne's cheekbones, Cheryl Teague's nose, and Carol Burnett's chin. So she puts a picture together that should look like what she will look like. Ah, Sophia has entered and asked, why are they looking at a picture of Gavin McLeod? Hmm. They discuss having plastic surgery. Rose says she is against plastic surgery. No need to look purty. But they discuss her putting on makeup and coloring her hair, and she says this is her natural color. And Sophia says, yeah, and John Madden is a finicky eater. But Rose says plastic surgery is so drastic she would be scared. We learned that Dorothy had some surgery done to her eyes and it was worth every penny. Sophia knows it cost $1,500. Wow. It may have worked out well for Dorothy, but Rose says it doesn't always work out so well. It sure didn't for Olga Fetchik. Oh boy, here comes a St. Olaf story. But Sophia says to wait a second. Then she gets a portable little radio player and puts on some headphones and wants somebody to give her a hand signal. When Rose is finished, yes. Rose then continues. Olga Fetchik was their town beautician and one of God's most unattractive creations since the Ardvark. Over the years, Olga has been secretly saving money for plastic surgery. One day she left without telling anyone, had the surgery, and didn't return for months. When she returned, she was a stunning beauty. Every man in town wanted her. She ended up marrying St. Olaf's most handsome and eligible bachelor, dance instructor Adolf Stepp. Yes, the two of them moved back to Norway, decided to get into show business, and became the internationally renowned Scandinavian dance team of Stepp and Fetchik. Looks, looks from Dorothy and Blanche of unbelievability. The silence drags on for a little while here. Blanche finally speaks and says she doesn't really care, but since Rose has already gone to so much trouble, just how did having plastic surgery ruin Olga's life? Well, it didn't ruin her life. It almost ruined St. Olaf. After Olga left, the town didn't have a professional beautician for years. Women started giving each other home perms. That Pretty soon, everybody started looking like Art Garfunkel husbands stopped sleeping with their wives the population started to go down the town would have went under if oslo's most famous hairstylist videl sesbagadatur hadn't relocated his shop in saint olaf because of the more favorable tax laws dorothy gets up and turns up the volume on sophia's little radio and sophia asks why did she do that and dorothy sta- states why should they be the only ones in pain Ah, so now we're at the doctor's office. Blanche enters, and we hear him announce himself as Dr. Taylor. He wants to go over her form, and Blanche says, fine, should she disrobe here, or does he have an examining room? Of course he means the medical form that she had just filled out in the waiting room. Blanche is proposing a lot of surgery here, eyes, nose, stomach, and Blanche adds, and breast. She shows him some cutouts from a magazine and asks him what he thinks. He looks at the picture. It's apparently a centerfold from a girly magazine and says they are nice, though the angle is a bit too steep for his personal taste. That is exactly what Blanche wants. The doctor says that breasts are his specialty, and Blanche replies that he has that in common with a linebacker for the Miami Dolphins. He can't say names, but he has done many celebrities, many of Thursday night's NBC lineup. Wow. Wow. He informs her there are many good reasons to get this kind of work done, but also some bad ones. He says plastic surgery will only improve her general appearance. It won't make her perfect. There are risks involved. There are no guarantees and no miracles. Blanche says he cannot persuade her not to have the surgery. She doesn't care about the risk. She is going to have the surgery. So in the next scene, we're at the Biscayne General Hospital. We are in a hospital room, and somebody is in bed with their face covered in bandages. Dorothy, Sophia, and Rose enter and start talking to Blanche. The person cannot speak through the bandages, but lifts up the blanket, and Dorothy says, Whoa, it must not be Blanche. A nurse comes in and says that Blanche canceled her surgery and checked out this morning. So back home, the girls are looking for Blanche. We get a clue because the coffee is still warm, but Dorothy says that is because they were in there less than an hour ago. And Sophia says, excuse me, Miss Marple. I'm new at this detective business. Blanche finally comes in the front door. Apparently, Blanche has been shopping and found a stunning dress that accentuates her gorgeous body. Apparently, Dr. Taylor asked Blanche out for Friday night, and all is right with Blanche and the world as the episode ends, and we never see what happens with Rose's documentary.
0: Okay, well, there's a few uh, cultural references in this episode. Uh, Fess Parker, uh, who was an actor best known for his portrayals of Davy Crockett, in the Walt Disney TV miniseries of the 50s, and Daniel Boone in an NBC TV series in the 60s. He's also known as a winemaker and resort owner. Uh, So that's Fess Parker. Uh, uh, I think uh, Sophia brings up uh, that losing testicles makes your voice higher. As far as I could tell from my brief internet research on the topic, uh, this technically would only occur if you lose them pre-puberty. Much like, uh, it's very similar to hormone replacement therapy, where uh, your vocal cords aren't going to change any unless it's uh, prepubescent. Then uh, then it could. Uh, So nonetheless, we move on to It's a Small World, uh, which is a water-based uh, roller coaster ride, I think, uh, in Walt Disney uh, Parks. Uh, Mama Celeste, I think we've talked about before, is a brand of frozen pizza uh, right. that was popular in the seventies. Yes, uh, but is still around, but not really any popular in any at uh, anymore. Um. Chef Boyardee is a brand of canned pasta products, Uh, so that's that. Uh, Now, Rose, during this episode, brought up a movie where the women are replaced by robotic doubles created by aliens led by their leader, Zardos. Yes. As far as I could find, this is not a movie that exists. This is a, a completely fictional film. (laughs) <laughs> uh, the closest thing I could come up with is either the Stepford Wives, with the women being replaced by robotic doubles thing, uh, or Zardoz, uh, which is, has an alien called Zardos. Uh, Zardoz essentially is, I, I mean, the short version of how to explain this movie is um, Sean Connery wears a diaper for two hours and waxes philosophically about things. That's essentially Zardoz, more or less. Okay. Uh, though, of course, uh, you know the alien's card called Zardoz, and is technically a, a Christ allegory more so than a than an alien uh, in the film. So uh, I don't really know what they are going with here. Uh, Joe Pepitone uh, is a baseball player. Or was a baseball player. Palmer, yes. Uh, plastic surgery, of course, is a surgical specialty involving the restoration, reconstruction, or alteration of the human body. It can be divided into two categories, reconstructive and uh, cosmetic. Uh, so that is plastic surgery. Ajax is a brand of household cleaning products uh, used to clean various things, of course. Uh, Play-Doh, a modeling compound used by young children for arts and crafts projects at home. Uh, it was first introduced as a wallpaper cleaner in the 1930s uh, and was reworked and remarketed to Cincinnati schools in the mid-1950s and has since been used in its current uh, you know, style of usage since. Uh, Fabergé eggs. Uh, Now a Fabergé egg is a jeweled egg, possibly numbering as many as 69, of which 57 survive today. Uh, That was created by the House of Fabergé in St. Petersburg, Russia. Uh, Virtually all were manufactured under the supervision of Peter Carl Fabergé between 1885 and 1917, the most famous being the 50 Imperial Eggs, 43 of which survive to this day. Made for the Russian Tsars, Alexander III and Nicholas II as Easter gifts for their wives and mothers. Uh, so that is a Fabergé egg. Hmm. Shelley Hack is an actress uh, who is most remembered as the face of Revlon's Charlie Perfume line. Okay. Uh, so no idea what that means. Also, for her role as Tiffany Wells in the fourth season of Charlie's Angels, uh, she appeared only in season four. She replaced some actress from the first three seasons, was then replaced again, uh, going into season five of that show. Uh, Cheryl Teagues uh, is a model and fashion designer. Uh, Linda Evans. Another actress, uh, most famous for playing the role of Victoria or Audra Barkley in *The Big Valley* and Crystal Carrington on *Dynasty*. Uh, Lena Horne uh, was a singer, dancer, actress, and civil rights activist uh, who uh, performed in many films until she found herself blacklisted during. Red Scare. Uh, Carol Burnett, uh, an actress, comedian, singer, and writer, best known for her television show, The Carol Burnett Show. Uh, she has also appeared on various talk shows and is a panelist on certain game shows. Uh, Gavin Gavin McLeod. I assume is how that's pronounced, as a film and TV character actor, ship ambassador, and I don't know what that means, uh, and Christian activist and author uh, who has appeared as a guest on several talk variety and religious programs. Uh, He first appeared uh, in The Sword of Alibaba in the 60s. He later achieved success on television on the show Mikhail's Navy, and as Joseph Haynes on The Mary Tyler Moore Show. Uh, He is also known for starring on The Love Boat as the ship's captain, Merrill Stubing. Uh, So that is Gavin McCloud. John Madden is a football coach and sports broadcaster. Art Garfunkel, one half of Simon & Garfunkel, Uh, who did essentially nothing in his solo work, uh, though he has won eight Grammys uh, throughout his career. Uh, Miss Marple is a fictional character in Agatha Christie novels and short stories. who is an elderly woman who lives in the village of St. Mary Mead and acts as an amateur consulting detective. Uh, She first appeared in the short story published in the Royal Magazine, In December 1927, The Tuesday Night Club, which later became the first chapter of The Thirteen Problems, which was published in 1932. Her first appearance in a full-length novel was in The Murder at the Vicarage in 1930. So that is Miss Marple. One fashion note uh, in this episode, Dorothy is wearing a top that is a like combination tiger and leopard print at the same time. Yes. that uh, is quite an odd look, but I did enjoy it. I, I will give it that. Uh, three side characters. Mr. Diodoro, uh, the guy in bandages, uh, who did not receive an acting credit, so I do not know who played him. Uh, but Dr. Taylor uh, is played by Joseph Whip, most known for his work in... Films such as A Nightmare on Elm Street, uh, the first one, in which he plays Sergeant Parker. uh, Scream, when he plays another sheriff, Sheriff Burke. He's also in Escape from Alcatraz and Deadly Games. uh, And most recently appeared on the television show NCIS for one episode a few years ago. Uh, And The Nurse is played by Jodie Price, most known for her work in projects such as Watch Your Mouth, Master Harold and the Boys. (laughs) He sound like pornos. (laughs) Sisters. (laughs) Uh, uh, And also uh, she appears in a television film entitled Roseanne and Tom Behind the Scenes. As the fourth assistant director.
1: Fourth assistant director. <laughs> Holy
0: cow. That's her role. Uh, she will appear later on, I believe, next season here on the Golden Girls in uh, the role of Jody in a episode uh, next season, I believe. Uh, uh, one sexual partner in this episode established a linebacker on the Miami Dolphins for Blanche. Uh, So our tally stands, Blanche, 31, Dorothy, 6, Rose, 5, Sophia, 1. And I have one additional note here. Blanche doles out some very good advice in this episode. You should wait until your fourth date before you make a homemade sex tape. Good advice from Blanche here.
1: If you could hold off longer, that might be better. Uh, All righty, wow yes Uh, my observations on this one in the kitchen they had a pink and white checkered tablecloth which has been used before Uh, and maybe i'm missing something but you know looking at pictures of fess parker i didn't think he was that bad looking i mean really yeah i didn't think he was that bad um not well, I the, mean
0: from his Wikipedia page he don't look all that appealing. No,
1: maybe well, I looked at pictures of course when he played Daniel Boone and Davy Crockett in the fifties and sixties. Well, so. I don't know.
0: This Wikipedia on it says it's from nineteen sixty eight. He does not look
1: <laughs> Okay. Uh, he doesn't look that not terrible. Not to me man. he don't
0: look all oh, that appealing, really?
1: but well, okay. I I thought he wasn't too bad, but okay. Uh Hmm. And my last note, or my last observation, is once again, Rose says her grandpa is Grandpa Nyland, or Great Grandpa Nyland, which should not have been, she should not have known him in that instance, or that way, to be honest.
0: Well, we discussed this again, you know, it's, uh, (laughs) We discussed this before. Oh, no, know, we discussed
1: this before, and it makes it easier to know in the show, but...
0: Well, that, and you, you never know what kind of weird things that, you know, 1800s-era uh, Midwesterners were getting up to. And for me,
1: if I say, okay, if I'm Rose, okay... Uh-huh. <laughs> If I'm a female and I say, Grandpa Nyland, I would think I was talking about my husband's grandpa, see?
0: Oh, maybe she is, I don't know.
1: But at that point, when she was young, she should not have known anything about Grandpa Nyland back then, when she was as little as she was saying she was. Uh, Anyway, the only counts I got on this show was one St. Olaf story. It was about Olga Fecchick, the town beautician, and one Sicily-Italian story by, of course, Sophia. So my totals. Weddings, planned weddings, still at four. Physical abuses of Rose, four. St. Olaf stories are up to nine. Picture it stories at four. Cheesecakes eaten, seven. Sicily-Italian stories are at five. Sicily-Italian references at 20. The girls mad at each other, thinking of moving out or moving out nine times. 15 sports, 17 games, and four Stanley Zabornak appearances. Uh, I thought this uh, episode was decent in spots, but overall I thought it was lacking uh, major fun. Uh, So I gave it a 70 out of 100.
0: Well, that'll do it for this episode of the Glide TV Recaps. The Golden Girls, thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed. If you did, make sure to subscribe to the show for more great content like this. And until the next episode, goodbye.